<laughs> okay, okay, let's breathe in and breathe out. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the You Don't Look Like an Engineer podcast. Uh, today, we have an awesome guest who was actually introduced to us by one of our previous guests, uh, Louisa Panuccio. So if you want to listen to that episode, now's the time. Pause it. Go get to that one. But for today, we're talking to Miranda Swift. Yeah. Miranda, tell us about yourself and what makes you get out of bed in the morning. Um, so my name's Miranda. I'm a I'm 21. I'm an undergraduate civil engineer and I work as a cadet at um, Northrop Consulting Engineers. What gets me out of bed in the morning? Good question. I was actually thinking about this today. Um, I feel like cliche would be to say my job. Like engineering gets me out of bed, but it's actually pretty hard. So the people, the people around me probably get me out of bed in the morning. People I work with, people I live with, people I've met. I have a very full career at the moment, as I'm sure we're going to talk about, but I just really like the people and that's probably what gets me out of bed at the moment. Oh, that's really cute. So at only 21, Jesus Christ, you have an incredible journey already. Congratulations. You are influencing a lot of women and a lot of people in the industry. Incredible. Before we get into like all the things that are, you know, you've been up to um can you remember any specific factors in like growing up that probably led you to want to become a part of this industry not really I guess um like the reason I came to the industry was because I did hear um it was with the power of engineering actually about my high school I listened to a lady talk about she worked on road construction um she was working for Seymour White um and I definitely would say like I owe pursuing career in engineering to her it wasn't even like the fact that I was like, wow, engineers are cool. I like math. It was like, she just was a baddie. Can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> she just honestly was like the coolest chick and she was so empowered by being a female in a male-dominated industry. Like she just like a fierce boss, like, and I was drawn to that more so than the logistics of like construction and math and things like that. And I guess, yeah, that led me to taking the leap and reaching out to engineering firms for work experience. Yes, can relate. (laughs) So I guess I'm really curious to know how was sort of like your path from a small regional town um, into the construction industry. How did you end up where you are now sort of thing? Like if you could walk us through journey <laughs> yeah so I guess it started with that the power of engineering seminar um when I was 15 at the time and it was around like a similar timing to when you reach out to like when you organize compulsory work experience like in New South Wales like when you're in year 10 you have to do work experience oh, wow. and I was like oh that's cool like I'm gonna google engineering firms and I went to a geotechnical firm to do work experience and I hated it like I absolutely hated it it was winter in Bathurst so it was freezing so I went for round two and I found Polaire Civil which was a little engineering firm that did civil and structural design and I did work experience I rocked up there confident as heck for a 16 year old with my uncle's old work boots and bright pink socks and on the last day the director offered me a job um, as a structural drafts person. So little 16-year-old Miranda, I remember him saying to me like, oh, do you know how to use AutoCAD? And I was like, no. Nah. And he was like, okay, you could learn. And I'm like, okay, let's go. So I walked back out the front and I was like, hey, dad, he just offered me a job. Like I'm, I'm going to take it. And I ended up fast-tracking my year 10 exams and working until I was old enough to go to uni, in which I then became a cadet. Yeah, I guess that's how I I led into it. 
a cool story. Pink socks on purpose. That's awesome. <laughs> I feel like yeah. you're trying to make a statement. You were at the right place at the right time. So you use the word kaved, and for those that are listening and are not familiar with that word, could you explain it to us? Okay, cadet. When you're an undergraduate and you work full time, but you're not working as an undergraduate. So typically with an undergrad role, you do like casual hours or you work where you can, like say uni break or things like that. But with a cadetship, you're basically on a salary as like a full time employee. How was that as a 16 year old, like managing your time um, at work and also with your studies? I don't think it's cool. Yeah, so it was okay because it was like just year 10. Like probably at the time I was like, it's year 10, like it's a big deal. Like yeah. but my career advisor like um, was really supportive and like, okay, you, you can't pass that up. So I did like term four and then all through like summer just working full time. And then I kind of like pulled back and went and did my HSC and then returned back to the engineering firm as soon as I graduated. So when I was still doing my HSC exams, I guess it didn't take too much from me when I was um, 16, just because I fast tracked everything like it was through summer. Um, and then when I was doing my HSC exams, it was just a no brainer because I, I wanted to go into civil engineering and I loved it. And I was um, waiting for like a uni offer. So it was never, I, I never got like stressed or anything like that. So you're second year uni at the moment? Oh. Um, yeah, so I studied part time for a bit. So technically in my second year, but like third year of study. Yeah, okay, now that mm. makes sense. Mm. And if you think back, was it just, I mean, not just, I mean, she was a baddie, but was it the lady that uh, you saw at the a seminar that sort of made you realize you also want to make a difference? Or was it like she got you in the pathway, but did she also inspire you to want to inspire other young women? Um, I think there's two factors that come to like where everything else, had, like the other part of my career comes from. So definitely, um, I, don't, I wouldn't say I think she got me inspired me to do engineering but um, I think my 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 want to like help people or make a difference came from my boss actually my first boss that hired me when I was 16 yeah. um, I think it was an indirect influence where he took me on when I was 16 and um, 16 growing up regionally like I had no my parents weren't in the industry or anything like that so he was kind of like a lifeline for me like he doesn't even realize but I probably wouldn't be here or have the career that I do if he didn't take that chance on me when I was 16. So, so indirectly, sweet. I think my want to help people is like, oh, I could find another Miranda just like he he found me and kind of picked me up. Um, mm. oh, yeah, and I guess, yeah, that's probably who inspired me the most. So you'd say um, like a bit not formal, but he was a bit of a mentor for a bit. Oh, absolutely. Like he yeah. still is. Like I still go back to that firm and those like that, the people at that firm, like my perspective is like I grew up and like in that engineering firm, you know what I mean? Like I was, yeah. that was like a crucial time, like 15, 16. So they're like people that I just respect so much and give me advice and are such close friends. That is so mm. incredible. Shout out to good bosses out there. Yeah. Legit, shout out to like shout out to the the good allies like men in this industry. Like yeah, yeah. honestly, mm-hmm. we need so many more of them. That's something we always talk about. Like you need good male allies because they're the ones that are most capable of making the differences. They you know they've helped us to the to get a voice. Not to get, but like to have a voice in, in the industry and yeah, it's underestimated how much power we can we can feel when we feel supported <laughs> yeah i mean like when you read stories about the ceo and i always think about um just give me a second i might say her name wrong but Alison Mirams. 
um, for Adam? Robert's go. She she is a baddie. Who is this person? I haven't heard of her. Alison Miriams. She's the CEO of a construction company called Robert's Co. Yep. I believe that her background's civil engineering, but she um she like did a piece on how she owes her success to being sponsored, like being pulled through the ranks in Oh wow. The, like um somebody took like a chance on her and um when they were getting promoted, like a guy who's her mentor. Yeah. And it kinda helped her have a voice and helped her get to where she is. How do you weed out like a genuine sponsor and ally that's getting like, you know, taking a chance on you versus people just, you know, passing two cents? okay like learning curve I have faced so many steep learning curves in the past six months from like having this platform and I would say like weaning out the genuine advice it's so hard because even even taking advice from someone who you genuinely respect and get along with as a person like everybody has incentives I guess or like they're on your side but whose team are they on do you know what I mean like maybe they're for me it's been like People who were close to me and helped me before I had a platform, I guess it's like hard to say because I have connected with a lot of people from growing my platform, but like the people who have like stuck stuck by me, my my go-to people and like even in a workplace where just I started at Northrop 18 months ago and like the people that took me under their wing as an undergrad that didn't just came from Lithgow and like came from Bathurst, like was learning um, and take, took me under their wing like and they've stuck by me like when this platform's grown like you just kind of know your allies, like your relationship. But also I have met some pretty amazing people through growing a platform. So it's hard to say. Yeah. Sorry, that that probably wasn't a good answer. But it Mm -hmm. sort of makes sense. It's like ad hoc and like you only find out when you sort of make a connection properly and the rest is up to you to learn. Yeah, and like connecting – Connecting with a person as a person, I have made some like lifelong friends in the past six months from LinkedIn and events. Just connect them connecting with me as a person. Oh, we both like hiking, going to get along. And then they become your like allies. Like, you know what I mean? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I that just doesn't like make sense. Who, yeah, like come to you like, oh, you've got a platform. You should post this. You should do this with your degree. You should move here. You should take that job. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have asked for that. You shouldn't have said that. But it's more so like, hey, like, how are you going? Are you handling this okay? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, let's go get a beautiful. coffee. How was your weekend? Yeah, I think um, a common denominator between the conversations that we have with different people that we help cover the podcast, it's like it's so much better to network with someone and it's so much easier when you don't have an interest. It's not transactional. When you actually care about learning about the other person and their journey, as I was saying, we are going through a time that there's a lot of difference in the way we think. For leaders that are in the top position, they need to also be open-minded and learn from the young young people so at times they like if we think about a transaction they are already like they have already climbed the ladder so from talking to someone that is like already starting they won't probably get a job let's say but they'll probably learn so much about the way they see the world because of their experiences and yeah that's my two cents (laughs) yeah and I think like on that note reflecting on what I just said something that stood out to me is when in the chaos the publicity and like the the platform when it when it gets chaotic the people who have come to me and instead of saying what's next like what have you done this or that's great can I do this with you the people that have come to me and been like are you okay are you handling it okay do you feel okay being on that platform is there anything I can do to take the load off 
And I'm like, those are the people in my life who I've been like, oh shit, true. Thank you. Like, cool. Someone's looking out. That's so amazing that you found these people. That is really, really like empathetic and nice. Ah, connecting on a personal level. That's wow. <laughs> the bar's so low. <laughs> <laughs> no, but most people, it's just like high level. Oh, that's cool. What are you doing? And I guess more concerned about like your professional work, your nine to five or whatever. And, you know, anything else you do, it's like, oh, it's just like, oh, you have a cute little hobby. How's it going? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to like say like probably I know this like a weird name drop but like um, Northrop have been really good in like when everything came instead of being looking at me and being like business opportunity marketing opportunity people the the people in Northrop were kind of came to me like, hey you're 21 year old Miranda are you okay can I help you like you have a lot on your plate are you gonna be okay and it's like a really big props because some of the people who have done that to me are high up. And, you know, when there's a young girl that has a platform, that's a really big opportunity to, like, make money, like, as a business, like, make a decision of what you want to do. Yeah. And that company, owners of the company who are like, are you okay? What are you, what are you doing? Like, you still got your weekends? You still got time to study? Like, let's go for a walk and get coffee. Like, I want to make sure you're okay. And I'm like, freak, that is so cool. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of the pressure of your shoulders. 100%. Yeah. So Miranda. You keep talking about the platform, yeah, and the platform, the platform. Tell us a little bit about your baby, which is the Hustle Scheme. You are the co-founder for that one with other two women. Yeah, so it's me, um, Clarissa and Jamie. Um, okay. Jamie's, well, at the time when we started, because it was like two years ago that we started, it was, she was an undergrad biomedical engineer, now she's a graduate. And Clarissa um, studies law and engineering, but she's a graduate engineer. She's finishing her law degree, I believe. So she's in Sydney. And we found each other through a scholarship program through EA. So they do a women engineering scholarship in Sydney. And we all applied, I guess. And then the idea is that you run a networking event or like a workshop about women engineering um, just to, and sit on the committee. But we decided to, I guess, take it a step further and propose a mentoring program. Yeah, so that's came to life two years ago um, or maybe even two and a half years ago that we proposed it to the committee and the committee loved it. And then we proposed it to the general manager at the time in Sydney and he said he would fund a pilot program, which finally came to life this year. Yeah, I, I can touch on the program, I'll let you speak. <laughs> yeah, no, we're super interested to know who is it targeted for and sort of like what the what we can learn through the program. Yeah, and how people get into the program too. Yeah, so the program came to life. We all had different motives, so we all had different backgrounds different motives, different things we wanted to achieve. I think the core focus was connecting regional girls. Um, so we were kind of trying to create a program that could get rid of that barrier between or that disadvantage between if you were living in a city and you were trying to get a job, I guess, and have a career versus if you're living remotely. Yeah, just like targeting the, a minority within a minority, I guess. So the idea was to similar to my pathway, try and connect high school girls with regional backgrounds to university students and industry engineers so that they could have a pathway into engineering and assist with that networking barrier. So rather than one-on-one -on -one mentor or mentee, we adapted um, what we called ecosystems where it was a university student, high school student and industry engineer in this three-way mentoring program. So it launched last year and we kicked off the pilot so there was 30 participants across New South Wales in the pilot, which wrapped up two weeks ago now. Yeah, so it was eight weeks, 
a mentor meeting each week in your little ecosystem and then six workshops where you would network and mingle with everyone else in the program and yeah we had girls from we actually had a girl from Bathurst Newcastle there was someone from who studied like remote distance education a girl from Sydney our industry engineers were from all across New South Wales and so were our university students we had students from Wagga Bathurst yeah it was really cool and now I guess we're figuring out the next steps in taking a pilot yeah into like a a permanent program congrats on the end of the pilot program um how do they quantify i guess or even qualify like results of whether that was successful yeah so we took so it's like a hard thing to quantify obviously Mm. because it's like oh do you just watch and you wait for high school students to pursue a career in engineering like is that what you do but we decided to like base it off we just did consistent like surveys like and i guess kind of just kept track of the the logs and like the the mentor meetings and like the progress um of the students so something that was really cool we're still like putting together all of the the feedback that came from that but something that I found really cool and a a good way to look at it was in our first workshop in the first week it was like no one really wanted to turn on their cameras like the high school girls and like (laughs) talk or anything like that very shy and by the last week they were running their mentor meetings and like everyone was talking with the cameras on and like oh that's so amazing we got the most like beautiful emails from these girls that we've had I'm pretty sure out of the 10 high school girls nine of them I'd have to check but like nine of them have done industry placement now um some of them have done it more than once they've got they're going applying for like scholarships and they've got contacts there's one girl in Sydney who's like meets up with her industry partner regularly they're like looking at uni pathways it's yeah it's really cool oh my god that must feel so fulfilling yeah it's like yeah it's it's pretty special but so okay that was two years ago now so you would have been 19 when I guess you proposed that idea. Are you 21 now? Okay. So I guess as a young person, did you ever face that, you know, there were people questioning your um, knowledge of the industry or even your credibility to be able to to go through with this at such a young age? Does she know what she's like, talking about? Do you think you still feel like Yeah, I suppose that's still relevant. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always crack a joke. Why do people listen to me? I'm like 13 years old. <laughs> like I just, but um, no, I didn't definitely... I don't think we faced that at the start. I don't know, reflecting back, I'm like, where, why didn't we have imposter syndrome? Like, I'm trying to, like, think about a time where we were like, oh, we can't do this because the three of us together were like a little, like little powerhouse. Nothing was going to stop us. Um, and we were so passionate. Yeah, I, I don't even remember ever having a discussion with, like, Clarissa or Jamie. What happens if they say no? Like, we were just like, we're doing this. So, yeah, we never really faced that. I guess it was more when attention came to it. Obviously, that's what happens. You say you have an idea with no like credibility and no one's going to stop you but when you start to get attraction and like there's posts about it my uni did some articles and um, Northrop did an article and things like that when that starts to happen then people probably push mm. back a little bit more I mean no one's like tried to stop us and we have a very supportive network so that's <laughs> cool that they didn't look at you guys and be like oh my god they're so young they don't know shit that I was gonna say so the aim of the program is to bring women and especially uh, university students into the industry, right? Um, do you have conversations with the future generation of engineers, about female engineers, to be clear, about the challenges that women face in the industry or is it something that you sort of like ignore until they 
This is such an interesting question because we didn't, we never really talked about this before, but when we were planning the workshops for the program, then we started to think about it and having guest speakers in to talk about it. So we had to find a fine line between we don't want to be like naive. We want to acknowledge the challenges. We want to say like, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's hard. Like uni's hard, like work's hard and there are shitty people and their sexual harassment and it's hard. So we wanted to acknowledge that, but we also didn't want to scare them away. So it was like teaching the girls, I guess, the fundamentals of what was relevant to them now. So like applying for unis, getting through the HSE, which we were like, that's relevant. They're going to understand that and connect with that and learn from that. But we didn't hide them from the conversations between the uni students and the industry engineers when they talked about openly their negative experiences. I think at a high school student's age, they're not going to absorb it. It's not relevant to them. I don't think they absorbed it as much as we do because we live it like it's relevant to us, but we didn't hide it from them. So we did talk about it. I just personally don't think they're going to pick a lot of that up, to be honest. I'm not sure if that makes sense. It does, mm-hmm. yeah. Because no. there's almost a bit of um, not naivety, but like because there's so much confidence at a young age and you're like looking at all these people that are doing amazing things. You're like, oh my God, I can achieve anything which is not to say they can't, (laughs) but that sort of um, less of a barrier towards what they're hearing. You're not really planting a seed of doubt when you inform them with all these things at a younger age, I think. Yeah, and I think like there's challenges in every industry. There's some pretty like gross challenges in a male-dominated industry that are different. Um, Yeah, and and we did we did like plant that seed and we like were, made them aware of that and the key like the speakers that we had in like talked about their negative and positive experiences but even then reassuring them that you like you do there's a there's always like positive and the negative there's always people that you do connect with there's always a mentor you have the hustle community that was something that we drilled into regardless of like decisions you have to make or negative things that happen we look at this program as a little community and network of people that have your back now so how do girls stay connected in this community now that the pilot's over the ones who've already been a part of it so the coolest thing ever of all of this was when i opened linkedin one day like midway through the program and they were like tagging each other and stuff there was like a a few of them cross groups too and I was like damn they they just naturally connected and created these relationships and then I went into my office in Sydney and one of the ladies who was a mentor was like yeah um like I've got to go like I'm just ducking down the road to have coffee with so-and-so from Hustle and I'm like damn just like happened I, it was so special to see that these 30 people had connected and created relationships and friendships just from pulled together in this program and listening to us speak. That is, that's hands down the coolest part. Congratulations again to you and Clarissa and Jamie. It's pretty good. It's a pretty cool initiative. And it's funny that you mentioned how you were thinking and reflecting back on how you didn't have any imposter syndrome. I'm curious to know whether you have ever faced it like even when you were in high school when you were doing I don't know like an assignment at uni or if you ever failed anything like did you feel like you weren't supposed to be where you are or not do what you're doing um yeah I and I always I don't always I won't hide it um that there's still a lot of doubt even um speaking now and doing doing keynote speeches and like 
being invited to places to speak. Just last night, I was at the University of Newcastle and I always start with first, like, let's just, let's get, let's unpack this to get started. Like I'm 21. I'm just like you. Cause a lot of the time the audience is young too. And I'm like, I'm just like you, like I'm shitting bricks. I'm <laughs> just like you. Like, <laughs> so yes, I constantly face imposter syndrome. I constantly do, especially meeting people that have a like powerful in the industry and like getting emails and invitations where I'm identified as a leader and I'm on the other side "Mm, I think you're the wrong name like I'm 13 and I'm still in uni (laughs) so yeah absolutely (laughs) but then again have a really good support system and I think being honest about it and not pretending that I'm like this perfect invincible non-nervous human I think it helps (laughs) yeah absolutely authenticity You're looking to become, and not looking to become, honestly, like you are a leader to so many women and yeah, and people in this industry, um, emerging leader, if we can say that, uh, you probably notice this more. Is there, are there some qualities in a leader that you feel like tick boxes for you, for you to be like, that's a good leader. And then you try to Um, do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, having empathy and I think a really powerful trait is being able to express gratitude, um, and celebrate other people. I think in our industry it it can be rare it's rare and it's competitive and it's tough and i think a really strong leader has the ability to show deep levels of gratitude without feeling embarrassed whether that's celebrating someone who has achieved something or thanking someone who has helped you so i like and i drilled this into the girls in hustle like nobody owes you anything nobody has to give you your time to mentor you nobody has to give you that opportunity or that award or to like express your gratitude i think it's a really powerful trait that is rare absolutely that's a really good advice it makes <laughs> me feel like wow but if <laughs> Go i something. can yeah um you're working with young girls and i think that's you know the age when no that's not even the age when you see anything sorry the question stems from like we hear this from people around us saying oh no you know there are innate differences between men and women and you know girls don't have um interests in these fields what would you say to them do you think there is an innate difference in interests or is it social programming like do you see that difference in the girls that you've worked with where they're not say so interested in you know these things like STEM. I think there's a big misconception about the way STEM is perceived, and I think like you've probably heard this time, it was a misconception. Talking with my close friends, I think boys are more exposed to what te- STEM is perceived as. So, and you just go look at it like that a, a boy is more likely to get that hands-on experience like working on a car for example so then they're going to be more inclined to work on a car with their dad they're going to be more inclined to pursue a career where they fix cars where girls it just it's a societal thing but i think the misconception is that you have to be a physics nerd you have to be a math nerd you, you don't in my school teachers are listening to this they'd be sitting there like she like i i did not hear that stereotype like just punching out equations in a textbook I think it needs to be perceived as and what I often say to young girls is as a design engineer particularly you get to change the world like you do and I say it a lot I say like we get to change the world like we get to build a building that people are going to live in for for so long we get to like develop a site that's going to be used for generations to come and it wasn't there until you put your two cents in it wasn't going to be like that unless your brain contributed to so you're changing the world i said this a lot to the girls in hustle we get to change the world wow i i have my question now 
Anyways, as you were saying earlier, like you have been focusing on your career and we have to be mindful that you are 21. And I'm really happy to hear that your network has people or like your support system has that people that really care about you and what you also should be living as a 21 year old. So I guess my, my question goes, has this hassle Miranda, um, had time to herself lately? Like, do you make that a priority? Yeah, I do. I have a very like, um, I definitely probably work and my, I think my, I definitely work probably more than the average 21 year old. Um, but I also think my perception of work is different to other people because I've been in like the industry so long. My appreciation for my career role is like a lifeline in my life has been, I just like my career. Like it just takes a lot of, it's just, it is what it is. It's a big part of me, but yeah, I have a very, I like live a life. Like I, don't, I, like I, I have a life. I, I still, I still I make like time. I have a life now. I, I used to be pretty bad at not just career but get rid of that hustle culture go outside like it's so beautiful (laughs) (laughs) I was actually gonna ask you because you said that you come from um a rural town how did you sort of like start to like how did you create so many friendships and different networks in the engineering industry like how was it through your first job that you sort of created that breach into city life or? Yeah, I know <laughs> you mean. No, so my network came from Women Engineering um, Sydney through Engineers Australia. So before I got that scholarship, I kind of left out in the story. I wanted to do like have a say and like make, do something. Um, so I actually um, got on the train and I got a, bought a purple blazer. I think it was like from Sheen or something. And um, rocked up at this Engineers Australia event. Like I bought a ticket for myself. It was the it was a gala like type thing. And I just walked in by myself and just started talking to people. And I ended up stumbling upon Sarah, who was, at the time she was the chair of the Women Engineering Committee. And they were the committee was actually going out for a dinner. And she was like, "Hey, sorry, I didn't get to. T- it was at the end of the event. She like, didn't get to talk to you, but we're all leaving to go to a dinner. Do you want to come?" So then I went out for dinner with this, and this was my first time networking outside of Bathurst. And I just sat with at them at dinner. I was actually sat next to a lady called Marta, who's now literally one of my closest friends and mentors. But from there, it was just like you. I would go to events. I would meet more people. I would get sent an email from Hustle, an email from a uni introducing me to this person who introduced me to that person who introduced me to Mm. that person and then I would become friends with them. I don't know. My network just grew and then I moved to Northrop and Mm. it's like a national company and, yeah, got friendships here and then started articles getting posted. People would message me or introduce me to people and, like, it just kind of naturally formed. Mm. So was it something like... You have always been a social person, um, fearless to connect with other people? Um, I wouldn't say that. I've never been like bothered by that. I've never actively gone out and done it. I think, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I probably don't really have like a filter when it comes to new people. I would just talk to a new person like I would talk to an old friend, if you know what I mean. So I think that helped yeah. me. And like I said, I'm outgoing. My housemates would say I'm loud. <laughs> so probably, and I'm, I'm very, I'm not naive to the fact that some people aren't, they don't have that confidence and they don't have that confidence when they're that young, but definitely starting in the industry and like dealing with clients and taking phone calls and stuff when I was really young, it kind of just built a foundation for a lot of confidence. Mm. So when we talk about confidence, it's something that a lot of people think that women 
lack in comparison to men in the industry and that we self-promote a little bit less. What advice would you give someone that wanted to sort of build that confidence skill or work on that from the 13-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said that. I mean to be rude, by the way. <laughs> Come on, I'm 14 now. No. Um, <laughs> I reckon that you just have to remember that if, say, it's public speaking, it, they're just people. They're just people. They're probably sitting there thinking you're the bravest person in the world for getting behind that microphone and speaking. Yeah, maybe you're shitting bricks, but the, the next person in the crowd isn't going to get up and speak. Even like with networking, with clients, even if you aren't that confident in what you're talking about or you're learning, just like be honest. You're only human. I don't know. Just when I did a speech for International Women's Day across Northrop and I literally started with calling myself a bogan and who cares they're just people what do you want me to stand there and be like like good morning like professional engineers blah 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 like no well I'm human and they're all human and at the end of the day whoever you're talking to or whoever you're trying to network with or speak in front of they're going home to their families their sisters and brothers and pets they just have a life just like yours regardless of their title so I, I just always think that nice that's an amazing that advice. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I was going to ask to the young girls that maybe haven't had a chance to be part of something like the hustle scheme or, you know, find themselves a little bit not as socially easy. How would you recommend they approach this like very daunting looking industry? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess like at some point or another, like you have to have the confidence to at least like make an ally or talk to someone, like whether that's finding someone in your workplace that you sit with every day that you're comfortable with. Because um, like, I, 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 yeah, I guess just remembering that you don't have to do it alone. So whether that's like taking your friend from school to a networking event with you and just like holding them close by your side just to break that ice. Because I feel like once you do it a couple of times, you're going to be fine. Or if that's reaching out to someone that you look up to on Instagram, just hiding behind the keyboard for a bit until you get your confidence. Or yeah, grabbing your coworker or even just your manager if you're comfortable with them or someone at work and just talking to them about how you can build your confidence or taking them along to an event or asking for the opportunity to talk in a group in work just to start somewhere. Or if you're young and at school, same thing with your teachers. You've got to start somewhere. So just grab someone close to you, um, learn from them and let them help you until you get your confidence. Absolutely. I was really curious. What's in the works for Miranda Swift coming up in the next year? Or mm, Like off the record, like I might go and just change my name and go to Bali or something and like get off the grid and like. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't um, we all? <laughs> no, um, truthfully, um, there's a lot, there's a lot happening at the moment so really grateful for that I don't want to sound like I'm not grateful just ease um, of noting so I'm going to New Zealand in July I guess is the next so like, big thing and that's with Narwick yeah uh, and now I get to talk with and do some work with University of Canterbury and the incredible women there I'm really excited for that I've never been to New Zealand and I get to go and be uh, like amazing. a speaker at this national construction event so that's that's pretty cool <laughs> for me <laughs> I've got a Narwick have actually just put forward they're doing a international women in engineering day legacy event for me in June which is cool get around that and I've got some speaking at a, a summit in August which is cool I'm battling finishing 
my wrapping up my uni semester and I'll resume full-time uni next semester so that's good luck with that yeah it's like the under unspoken like don't (laughs) talk about that (laughs) um yeah and I've just got yeah I've got lots on the I think the biggest thing at the moment is when I got the award from Nawik last year I Langer Rourke decided to pledge $4,000 and match my scholarship to a young girl in need. And they publicly did it at the event. So Langer Rourke's a construction company. And from there, I've had lots of companies approach me. How can we do that? I want to do that too. Like, Oh, wow. So that's something. I can't say too much, but like that's Yeah, no, that's yeah, definitely. Really cool. You can't share. That um, is incredible. Watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted you to talk about your award that you were given by Nawik. And how you were nominated to it, who helped you with the application and everything. I was, it's quite a cool story, actually. I saw this award. So for those who don't know, Nawik do the Awards of Excellence. And it's quite, in New South Wales, it's quite big. And like Nawik are quite prominent. And uh, when I lived in Bathurst, I saw the awards. I saw that they were, str- I actually watched the stream because I'm a little loser of the awards <laughs> like a few years ago. And Joanne Griggs from Better Homes and Gardens was the host and I saw it as the most unachievable thing ever. I was like, as if I will be presented award by someone who was on Better Homes and Gardens. No way. And I just like didn't even apply. Like I was just like, that's a cool thing. Then when I started at Northrop, I was it was it was literally like just a few months after starting here. And I was in a meeting with the New South Wales like business manager and he was like looking after me at the time. And I just like mentioned it. I was like, oh, do we do work with Nawik kind of thing? Like they have these awards, like do can we go like kind of thing? And he was like, I'll endorse you. Let's do it. I'm like, far out. What do you mean? Okay. (laughs) So he wrote like endorsed me for that award and I was named a finalist and then I went to the awards. It was really the coolest thing ever, the most people I've ever seen in a room. And, yeah, I was scoffing down the entrees when they (laughs) announced my that I was, like, the winner. And I prepared a speech on the train to Sydney because my co-worker in Sydney was like, you need to write an acceptance speech just in case. So I did, yeah. And I was like, you have got to be joking. Like, um, And then I got up and just read my speech. And, yeah, the rest is history. Oh, my God. (laughs) Did that open all a new world of opportunities for you? Um, Like, did people in your platform see you different after obtaining that award? Yeah. I remember that night alone, my LinkedIn went from, like, 150 people to 800 people. Jesus. And I I didn't even realise the impact it had to start with. I remember the first person that came up to me after I delivered the speech was the lady from Norwich in New Zealand. And she came, she just tapped me on the shoulder. And I was just literally ready to text my dad that I won who was actually streaming it from home but she tapped me on the shoulder and she was like um, with tears running down her face and like said you are special the industry needs you you are so special and I was like me who are you what do you mean and then it was just the most insane thing and I was like sitting at the table on the phone texting my dad when Lango Rourke got won the last award and they got called up and it was the Australian director and I was just like sitting there and then she was like I just want to say the first girl who spoke the university shouldn't and she started talking about me and then the cameras on the walls like panned over to me and I was on my phone and I was like holy shit that's me (laughs) she's talking about me Wow. Um, yeah and then we just got crazy opportunities and just so much happened 
like I don't even know. Yeah, it definitely changed my life. This is awesome. Like try out those things that you think you'll never make. You don't know where any opportunity will lead you. Seriously. Yeah, legit. Just send it. Yeah, honestly. What's the worst that could happen? They'd just be like, no, you know. You try again. Just go again. I'm a pro at writing applications. (laughs) Yeah, and then like from that, I got named the New South Wales overall winner for NARWIC and went to the national awards. Legit, even just reflecting on it, insane. The trajectory and how that changed my life is just insane. Ah, so good. (laughs) So inspiring. I think um, I just want to say thank you for being so authentic and for bringing yourself today after a busy day of interviews. So we have this section in our podcast at the end where we ask um, a few random questions to our guest. So the first question is, are there stereotypes true? Are engineers, logic thinking people that struggle with EQ? Yeah, a lot of the time, you know, engineering firms are made up of that quiet, um, you know, logical thinker, nerdy type character. I think that's where like people like us that are like female and loud and confident stand out. There's not many people who are confident and have like okay to use their voice and not the typical like nerdy nerdy people I guess so So, yeah I would say it's like pretty spot on at the moment but it's definitely changing so as a not typically nerdy person what do you like what do you enjoy doing outside of work hobbies wise um I like hiking I like going to the gym um running I have this weird fiend for google maps (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) not typically nerdy first of all it's like my weirdest trait what you just open up places and like look at them or what's going to explain (laughs) I like if you look at my google maps it's like color coordinated tags and hiking trails and I try and tag places in the middle of national parks get to them and make a trail with tags interesting because if i ever go traveling i want to have the maps so i do the hikes that you do share them yeah legit <laughs> tell me where you want to go like follow me on instagram yeah, yeah and i also um got into gliding so i wanted to be a pilot so i decided to get into like flying um aircrafts without engines yeah right yeah did that for a bit and i think yeah that's my main hobbies i i got obsessed with collecting books for a bit <laughs> Next did you read them or did you just collect them <laughs> <laughs> No, I mm. tried to, like, you know, when you, like, flip furniture, it was, like, flipping books. So I would find $2 books at the bookstore and that were valuable, first edition, second edition, or, like, that had notes in them or handwritten notes and then flip them, like, sell them on eBay. How weird's that? Wow. Very different. <laughs> definitely the first time I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you didn't choose engineering, what career do you think you would be doing? I would want to do something outside like some sort of like bioscience animals like I don't know this but no I've always like just engineering pilot oh, <laughs> pilot except I'm True. really blind so like I can't but I, that's why I didn't mention it like I can't it's restricted oh yeah you have to have um, 2020 vision right probably like yeah. yeah I wouldn't want to be in a plane if I'm flying without my glasses <laughs> do you have a favorite quote that you know you use to keep you pushing through if things get tough um, I feel like I say a lot. I always say, change the world. I say to my housemates every day, did you change the world today? Like I always just say that. I don't know. I think yes. it's like a cool perception to have that you're, the things you do, even if it's little, if it's something little, that you, even if you help one person or talk to one person, you've still changed the world. No, oh, that's beautiful. so powerful. Oh my God. Mm, yeah. Last question was something on your bucket list that no one really knows about. <laughs> I feel like a few people know about this. Something on my bucket list is to have a scholarship in my name. 
I said to my, it's so weird because I said to my teacher in year 12, like I said to her, I was like, I'm going to be back in a few years and I'm going to have a scholarship in my name and I'm going to give it to little Miranda's. And she was kind of like, like, woo, like, like, that's such a good goal, blah, blah. (laughs) And now I'm like entertaining. Yeah. That is awesome. How many people? I think the lady that cried at your speech and said that you were going to change the world was right. Definitely. And I'm so happy that you're here today sharing your story. Thank you. We've got to have a little snapshot of your time and your yeah. journey, honestly. Thank you so much. <laughs> Definitely. It's been okay. really fun because it's been so chill and I feel like I've known you for a long time and I just met you today. So that's <laughs> awesome when people have that effect. <laughs> that's yeah. okay. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for the authenticity and for the good conversation. Thanks. <laughs>